Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of a special edition of the 167 Podcast. And here we are at Good Friday. I'm here with my friend, Media Pastor Josh Harrell. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks again for uh, joining us every day this week during Holy Week. It's yeah. been it's been interesting and enjoyable going through leading up to the cross with everybody. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's on a personal note, it has helped me to be more intentional about examining what transpired mm-hmm. for the week. I mean, I. You know, you'd think, oh well, Shannon, you're a pastor. You you probably do this all the time, but you know, it's it's it really is easy to go from, uh, you know, a Palm Sunday message to an Easter message, and if you don't really have anything intentional in between, to just jump from, yay, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, to yay, Jesus rose from the dead, and there's a whole lot in between. Yeah, that that happened and is incredibly significant. It makes what happens on Easter the celebration that it is matter. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so here we are. Um, it's always interesting that we call the Friday in which Jesus gave up his life. Good. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that, um, my non-Christian friends kind of peg on is like, why is that a good day? (laughs) Well, um, because if he's going to be resurrected from the dead, he has to die. Yep. And it's in that act that that we are, we are forgiven. Uh, you know that answer. I was just mm-hmm. saying it out loud. So. Oh yeah. Um, before we jump into scriptures, or anything we want to uh, kind of talk about, or or peg, are we good to go to jump right in? I think we're just ready to jump right in on this one. Okay. So we're going to be reading uh, what transpires on Friday from the Gospel of Luke today in Luke chapter 22. And I'm actually going to read from the ESV, the English Standard Version, uh, for today. So Luke 22 is where we'll begin. And we are going to jump around because there's we're going to end up in uh, the, the 23rd chapter as well. So we're going to read portions of, so I'll make sure I tell you what verse and chapter we're in mm-hmm. as we go for your study and reading. But I, I encourage you to read um, all of Luke 22, starting around verse 47, all the way through towards the end of uh, chapter 23. But here we go, starting in Luke 22, verse 47. While he, talking about Jesus, while he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. So this was not a crowd that was like... uh, This isn't a good crowd. A yay Jesus crowd. This was a boo Jesus crowd, right? Uh, And the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Now, the backstory with that is that, um, you know, I'm guessing Jesus and his disciples all kind of looked similar. You know, some some dusty 
some some dusty hippie looking guys. Yeah. And um, so the plan was that Judas would go up to Jesus and say, "Here's how I'm going to let you guys know this is who Jesus is. I'm going to go greet him with a holy kiss." So, but of course Jesus knows what's up. And he said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Um, jumping down to verse 54, um, that crowd that came with Judas, they seized him and led him away, and they brought him into the high priest's house, and then Peter and other, you know, Peter followed at a distance. So they, Jesus was arrested, and he was brought to the high priest's house. Now, in verse 63, we read, the men who were holding Jesus in custody, and this just, were they were mocking him as they beat him. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is not just arrested and and sitting in a cell waiting for his attorney or his one phone call. Uh, and I don't mean to make light of that. I'm right, just right. like, that's kind of how we envision it maybe, or mm-hmm. when we think of someone being arrested. Um, but he is being held and he is being mocked while being beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they blindfolded him, and they kept asking him, you know, they were making fun of you know, as being a prophet, you know, oh, prophesy, who is it struck you? So they're, they're wailing on him. He's been blindfolded, and they're mocking him, saying, tell us, who's the one that just hit you? And, uh, and they said, verse 65, it says, they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. So he is enduring both physical and just, just he's being tortured right and um and he endures all of that and i am certain that it was not um what's the word i'm thinking of it it wasn't like you know a couple of slaps across the face um i mean this was tortuous Mm -hmm. and so he was enduring all of this now what transpires next in the in the reading in the um, in Luke is, and, and I would call this Pilate and Herod play ping pong because <laughs> they the religious leaders, of course, they don't, yeah, yeah. they can't, and they won't because of their religious law. Mm-hmm. They're like, we ain't gonna kill Jesus, so we got to get one the of Romans. the political people to do it. So first, they take him to Pilate. P not not like a, a pilot of a plane, but his name is Pilot Pontius Pilot, and um, he's he doesn't want anything to do with it, and he doesn't even really think there's a reason for Jesus to be killed. Yeah. Um. So he's like, oh, well, let's send him over to Herod. Oh, you're from Galilee. Let's send you over to Herod. Herod doesn't. Herod actually has heard about Jesus, wants to meet him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he, it, so they just they play ping pong with each other because neither wants to make this decision on it. Um, so now we're going to pick up in verse eleven of chapter twenty three of Luke. Um, and it says so after they've played their ping pong and Jesus, they question him, but Jesus won't answer him won't answer them they're like are you the king of the jews are you the messiah you know what what are you and he's like it's as you say as you say so uh uh, he wasn't going to give them any reason to do further Mm -hmm. harm so in verse 11 it says so herod and his soldiers treated him again talking about jesus with contempt and mocked him so he's continuing to be beaten and tortured and mocked and all this, then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. So, um, in other versions, it says they put like a, 
like a royal robe mm-hmm. on him. And it was totally mocking. It oh, was yeah, yeah. not like, okay, we really do think he's the king of the Jews, so here you go. Uh, verse 12, and this this is just interesting to me. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that day. For before this, they had been at enmity with each other. So they didn't really like each other, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I guess. Right. So these two guys become friends, and their their connecting point is that they both, you know, messed around with Jesus. Um, um, some, yes. Th- something about the clothes was like, he had all these open wounds, and they put those clothes on him, and then they'd have to take him off to beat him again. Oh. So they were like crusting to his skin, and they'd have to snatch it off, and then just tear more wounds into his skin. Wow. It was yeah. just an, the clothes were just another form of torture. Because wow. it, it was basically if you had an open sore like and then people the, touching yeah. you, mm-hmm. and then it would like adhere to the material, like when you cut, cut yeah. your leg and your pants mm-hmm. adhere to it. And then when you pull them off, it's like opening that wound back up. Yeah. And it was like all over his body. So the the clothes were just another for, way to torture him. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Um. Then this whole. Uh, exchange happens where Pilate he gets Jesus gets sent back to Pilate and Pilate's like look I'll you know how about we just you know beat him or you know he's been beaten you know let's just torture him but I'll let him go um and now the crowd is like in a frenzy of and it's mostly the religious leaders and and those who don't like Jesus and Mm -hmm. all that um and and then others join in of course but what ends up happening is that Pilate releases a prisoner who's actually been convicted of murder and lets him go, and he keeps Jesus. So there was an opportunity there, um, and but they said, no, no, give us Barabbas, you know. Yeah, he, they wanted a murderer free as opposed to mm-hmm. someone who, yep. on their stands, was just a political yeah, yeah. problem. So, mm-hmm. so we pick up in verse 26 in Luke 23. So now Jesus is still, he's under arrest. He's been beaten and beaten and, and beaten by several different people and several different groups of soldiers because Pilate has people and, and Herod had people and all this is going on. Um, I mean, can you imagine the exhaustion, um, just the mental anguish, all this? And it says, verse 26, And as they led Jesus away, they seized one, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country. So this guy's just coming into the country, uh, going about his business, and they grab him, and they laid on, they put the cross that Jesus had, they put it on Simon to carry it behind Jesus. So um, he was coming to, to carry this cross for a time. And it says, and there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him, for Jesus. So there were people in that crowd who were there to watch. I mean, there were spectators. Mm-hmm. There were people who were mourning, and there were people who were celebrating. So, I mean, it was just a mob. I mean, it was just a, uh, it was a mess. Um, so they get up to uh, the, the place called Golgotha, or it means the skull. And it says this in verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. So um, the crucifixion itself was the um, 
nailing him to the cross. Mm-hmm. It was the nailing through, um, you know, some uh, through the, the hands, um, through the wrists, um, where the bone would still be able to hold um, the person through the feet. And I mean, the, the crucifixion itself, I mean, I can't, I can't comprehend in my mind what that would, what that would no, be. No, not at all. Um, and of course there's the whole, um, uh, and you can chime in definitely if you know more about this, but the way that, that, that he was hung on the cross was if you tried to position yourself in a way to take the pressure off of your feet or your arms, mm-hmm. it, it put pressure on your lungs. I mean, it was, it was a painful way to. So, so diaphragm. I've watched a couple Discovery Channel things. Uh-huh. So, again, Discovery Channel, not <laughs> yeah. fact. Um, the way your feet and your hands were when you when you were resting to where you didn't have pressure on your hands and feet, you couldn't breathe. Yes. So you'd have to put pressure on your feet, uh-huh. which would cause your bones and your feet to break, and then to breathe, mm. and then eventually you couldn't do that anymore and you'd suffocate. Mm. Yeah. So you so typically they said they would use the bones in their hands first and then when they couldn't stay in that pain anymore they would use the bones in their feet. Mm-mm. And then eventually they would just suffocate. Wow. Wow. Verse 33. When they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he wasn't talking about the criminals on his left and right. He was talking about those who had arrested him, beaten him, crucified him, and who were there now spectating and celebrating. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it says they cast lots to to divide his garments, which actually fulfills prophecy Mm -hmm. um, in Isaiah, where it talks about that. Verse 35, and the people stood by, so here we have our spectators, they stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him. So again, he's still getting mocked and yelled at, Mm -hmm. insults being hurled at him. And they're saying he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, then, you know, he would do this. The, The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine. Now remember what he said um, previously as we were talking about that he said he wouldn't have, he would have no more wine. Right. Um, and so they offered him sour wine and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. So they're, they're still mocking him. And then verse 38, there was also an inscription over him that said, this is the king of the Jews. And it was totally mocking. It was not any kind of like official declaration of who he was. So, uh, One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. So this guy's just wanting down too. I mean, I'm, yeah. Verse 40, But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So, you know, it's we deserve to be up here. This guy doesn't. In verse 42, that criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
which is just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those verses where people say, can do deathbed confessions, you know, count. Do those moments of saying yes to God count? And I'm like, heck yes, they do. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? I mean, it was gonna, I was going to say, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more on that side as well. Yeah, I mean, I people could be like, oh, well, you're just afraid. But you know what? Sometimes, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, think of <laughs> the people that are blessed to have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it, and it really, it when you start to get like, uh, um, trying to decide, you know, well, who truly repented or who truly confessed or all that. Um, it's putting the power on the person. Not God. But the power of the salvation is is mm-hmm. by God through Jesus Christ. Yep. And so, you know, however and whenever that occurs, Jesus did that work. Yep. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Verse 44. Almost done with this section. Then we're going to talk about a couple more things. It was now about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Now, what you need to understand about the timing is the sixth hour was what you and I call noon. So it's lunchtime. Okay. Which makes the next part of that sentence what's so important. Because... It's 12 noon and... It's usually the sunniest part of the day. Yeah, darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So for three hours, there was an eclipse Mm -hmm. of the sun. Um, It says, while the sun's light failed. And then the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now, we're going to talk more about that in a minute, so I'll just keep reading. Then, verse 46, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last Now, when the centurion, one of the soldiers, saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. Mm -hmm. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, which it truly was, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. So they were upset. Verse 49, and all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Oof. So, a <laughs> couple of points to talk about. Uh, the first porch point, you know, as Jesus hung on the cross, he prayed for the criminals who were alongside of him. He prayed for those who had done this to him. As he waits at death's door, Jesus was thinking about other people. I mean, up until his last breath, he was fulfilling Mm-hmm. His purpose for being on earth. Um, and he pointed people to the Father. Um, Jesus prayed for forgiveness for those. And here he is. He's been mocked, beaten, tortured, all these things. And again, it was not a, you know, just a little, you know, tap, you know, on the on the face or, you know, uh, on his back. I mean, he was beaten and yet he was praying for others who desperately needed God. Yeah. And so I just see this as this this beautiful reminder that Jesus gives us to to um 
look at others instead of the temptation to look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when we're suffering, it's really, really easy to turn inward. It's really easy to forget about the world outside. It's re- it's especially easy to ignore those who make our life difficult. We've talked about that. But like Jesus in his suffering still was outward focused. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean that there's not times when we're weak and we can't, but you know, that's why we have the body of Christ, why we lift each other up. Yeah, and and even Jesus, I mean, when he was praying before they came and got him, he's like, God, like praying so with tears of with sweat of blood, mm-hmm. asking if there's any way because he knew how bad this was going to be. If there's any way, God, please take this cup from me. Yes, I mean, even Jesus didn't. I mean, he wanted to do this for us, but he knew how much it was going to hurt. Yes, <laughs> and and he wanted. I mean, I've heard in some of the Discovery Channel stuff. You know, they do a lot of Easter stuff. Yes, around this time. Around this time yeah, um, they talked about. The torture that he went through, if it, had, if if he is who he, and they're scientists, so they kind of vague with stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, they say a normal human being would have died from the torture, Pro- even before the crucifixion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and God, knowing how hard it was to do this, wanted. I mean, did ask if mm-hmm. if there's another way, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and again, you look back and. Uh, I, I would I don't have my notes on this and I, I'm not I would need to do some study to make sure I was prepared but um, so much of this is about fulfilling prophecy that was mm-hmm. stated you know about Jesus being raised up yeah. and those things so but yeah um, the the torture alone uh, would have I, I've I've seen that or read that before as well so you know I it really I really find myself at a shocking <laughs> I find myself at a loss for words. Um, in trying to really describe what Jesus went through. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because I don't think I even fully get it. Yeah. Um, but um, it's important for us to know. It's important for us to recognize that. And um, that just because he was Jesus doesn't mean that he didn't feel what a, a normal human would feel in torture. Yeah. If anything, I would say it was even more so. I mean, and like I tried to rationalize when I was a kid that Jesus would just turn his nerves off. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, but, and, but even getting through everything that like, if it was just a man, the amount of torture that he went through would be astronomical. Mm-hmm. And hi- historically, it would pro- it would still be in history books because his crucifixion was considered one of the worst ever in, yeah. in that torture device. But the fact that he he took all that pain for me, mm. Mm. for you, for me, yeah, that was one of those really powerful um, statements that I heard as a new believer or right before I, I don't remember, but very very early in my faith journey of. If even if I was the only one that ever walked lived on this earth, mm-hmm. that Christ would have endured that for me. Yeah, uh, and for any person. Well, and ju- like yeah, just the fact that no one, no one else would have done that. Like no one's ever done that for anyone else. Oh, 
No. Like, and you look at all the other world religions, like none of them have that happening. No. None of them have a resurrection. None of them have uh, that kind of humble servant sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, so oof, I guess in regard to this one particular point, um, what you see is that even in the torture and the pain, God is faithful to what the whole purpose of it all. Like it was his, his great love for us didn't wane. I mean, the, the soldiers, the people mocking him were right. If you're the Christ, why don't you just take yourself down? Why don't you like, he could have done those things, Mm -hmm. but he didn't. He endured for us. And so I think there is a very, very powerful um, opportunity for us to learn about um, the love of God, not failing us. Um, and that that it really can transform that kind of love can transform us and and give us the ability to to um, live fully and to and to see other people and to mm-hmm. live sacrificially for them. Yeah, you know as well. So um, another point, uh, the last point I want to make, I guess, in on this good Good Friday, is that just before Jesus committed his spirit to the father and, and gave up, you know, and died, breathed his last, the curtain of the temple was torn in, in two. It was, Mm -hmm. it was torn in two and it was, it was divided. Now, now the, the garment itself was divided, but the curtain, the purpose of the curtain, what the curtain was, is it divided in the temple? It was a distinction between the the most the, the holy place right. in the temple and the most holy place. Yeah, so like really... <laughs> the priest was the only one that could mm-hmm. go into the Holy of Holies. Yes. And so, I mean, and they would go in with like a rope tied around them in case something happened. They yeah. would be pulled out because if anyone else went in there, they would die. I mean, this was like, this is where the high priest would enter just once a year, mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies. Um, and it was supposed to be in that place that... that that priest for the sake of the people would atone for the sins of the people. Right. And and this is what Jesus has just done mm-hmm. on the cross. So that veil was torn. It was no longer necessary for a priest, a human priest to once a year atone for the sins of right. the people. Jesus just atoned for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. And he created that. Yes. That we can get, that we can, yep. So, so what it does is it, it signified this the, the removal of the, this barrier, barrier. right between mm-hmm. God and people. Jesus removes that barrier, and we've been talking about this all along, like the yeah. whole thing uh, through Genesis that we walked through, and this week is there's this disconnect between us and God because mm-hmm. of our sin. Right, He's holy, we're not. We can do all the attempts possible to try to be the best and the you know all that, and we just can't. Mm-hmm. We needed Jesus. We needed Jesus. Um, I don't know, listener, I would ask, I don't say I don't know, I do know. Listener, ask yourself, what does it mean to you that Jesus accomplished what the Father sent him to do? What what does that mean to you? What is it what does it mean to you that he didn't turn away, that he didn't give up because the father's will uh, he wanted to to fulfill that. He didn't want to be like, no, this is too much. Right. Can't do it. 
What does that mean to you, listener, that Jesus has done this for you? And when you can kind of maybe put some words to that, thank God for that Mm -hmm. today, because this is what today signifies. And then beyond that, think about who you can share this. Again, it's Good Friday, even though Jesus died. Right. Who can you share this good news with mm-hmm. that Jesus died for them? So, you know, ask God and you know to give you the opportunity to share this, give you the boldness to, to proclaim what Jesus has done for you. Uh, live that out. Live that as a, an example in all that you do. Um, and, and then I would say, um, invite them to be part of the Easter celebration. Yeah, because yeah, this isn't the end. Good Friday isn't the end of the story. No, no, no. The cross does not, uh, the enemy doesn't win. The cross is not the final place. Um, one of the questions that I'm going to ask on in my Easter message is, uh, you know, and, and I don't mean to take away at all from the cross because it signifies so much, but I wonder if we wouldn't, as Christians, I wonder if we shouldn't also spend a little more time at the empty tomb, mm. uh, recognizing the resurrection. Yeah. Um, because they're both important. So, um, but I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on Sunday, which I guess I'll say, what, what do we want to tell our listeners about Sunday for I, Easter? I mean, I think, um, if you want to hear the rest of the story and why, and if this is, if you've been invited to this podcast, um, by a friend and this is kind of your introduction to Easter or Holy Week or the church in general, and you want to know why anything me and Shannon have talked about <laughs> matters, mm. come Sunday or watch online Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have reservations for our 9 and 11. We don't for our 7 a.m. But don't worry about reservations. Say Josh told you to come. That's right. And we will have a seat for you. Yep, we, we sure will. We want you, we want you to... Find out why we're so excited about Sunday. That's right. And if you're not from around where we are, go someplace where they're yeah. going to celebrate the risen Christ on Sunday and be a part, if at all possible, be a part of the the body, the the celebration of believers yeah, on beca- Sunday morning. Because when when you come into a true um, heart of worship with with other believers on Easter every Sunday, but Easter Sunday is special. You know, we we mm-hmm. we try to um, celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, but Easter, you you get the feels as soon as you walk into the door. Yeah, and it's powerful. W- without Easter, nothing matters. Nothing at all. I mean, nothing you, at all. You can uh, sum up entire existence without Easter. Nothing mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the resurrection, Friday is, it's the day that a really intriguing... God died. Smart, loving, different kind of man died. And that's it. 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the end of the story. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned seven o'clock. Yeah, we're having a sunrise service on it's Easter Sunday. Seven a.m. Outside in yep. the front lawn, we've got a cross out there in the mm-hmm. in the grass. And we say weather pending, but it looks like it's yeah. going to be fabulous. Bring your bag chair. Bag chairs. I said camp chair, and and my staff gave me a little bit of grief about calling it a camp chair. Who knew? I don't know what those things are called. <laughs> they didn't have those when I was growing up. We had lawn chairs, yep. and they were folded up, and they were made of itchy material that itched the back of your legs. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to have a 7 a.m. sunrise service, which I think would just be wonderful. We're going to share communion together. Um, and then we've got a 9 a.m. service, which is a different time than normal. We usually meet at 9.30, but we're just giving ourselves a little cushion. Right. So 7 a.m. outside, 9 a.m. indoors, 11 a.m. indoors. You can go online to theporchcc.com and uh, register, uh, reserve a, a seat for 9 and 11. And uh, as always, we'll be online as well for yep. those who are unable to be here. And um, it's going to be a glorious, glorious day. Amen. So, but Friday is here. We don't want to jump to Sunday without remembering what Christ has done on Friday and all the days leading up to it. Um, so, well, listeners, thank you for being on this journey with us through uh, Holy Week. I hope that um, this has you know, just been helpful to you. It's helped you to kind of be more intentional and, and kind of pay attention and, and think about uh, what's transpired as we make our way to Easter. So I, I hope it's been helpful. We'll be back um, next week at our normal podcast time on Thursdays. So we hope that you'll you'll be back with us. Um, Josh, thank you as always for your great work as our pastor of the medias. Thanks for letting me do it. <laughs> and uh, listeners, thank you. Uh, be sure and share this. We will see you very, very soon. Let me pray for us as we go out. God, what you have done for us through Jesus is powerful. It's hard to comprehend. It's humbling. In many ways, it's too much for us to understand. But you give us just enough understanding to grasp that we were lost without you. That our sin is too much. That we cannot make it right. But you make it right through Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross. Torture. Beaten. Mocked. Crucified. And as he breathed his last. He took the sin of the world upon him. And it is no more. God, I pray we would live into that. We would receive that. We would recognize that. We would celebrate that. We would say please to that. For any who are listening who have never been quite certain if they've just said, thank you, God, that Jesus has died for my sin. I believe it. I understand it now. I get it. Thank you. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to receive it. And I want to live a life that honors you, God. That today would be that day. Oh, it would certainly be a good Friday. God, thank you for Jesus. 
and it's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, listeners, we will talk to you soon. See ya. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.